Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, lightweights? Welcome back. And today we have special guest, Armon. How's it going, man? Owner, founder, uh-huh. operator. Uh-huh. The incredible, is it fast food chain? considered uh we we like to call it a fast casual but i think like in the general public i think fast casual and fast food is looked at as the same thing so you could say fast food yeah fast food fast casual uh-huh. incredible dave saw chicken thank you thank you thank you thank you how would you stand out from the competition from back then because you guys had nothing um the lucky thing for us is when we actually so my friend dave who we named it after i've known him like 18 years and this guy has been like into food his whole life like he'd pull up to my house with like cookbooks so i know he had a passion for that um i was always kind of like in the marketing space and things like that and we love chicken both of us so when chicken kind of started trending in la for us it was like i'm like well dude you're the great chef you love food you're passionate about food i'm passionate about marketing we both love chicken what if we kind of strike when the iron's hot, we get together, we come up with some sort of recipe and then just kind of see what we can do with it. And uh, like, it took a little while to convince him because you know, the restaurant he was working at, he was moving up. So he's like, no, I don't think I want to do that. He's like, I don't want to leave something guaranteed for something like that. So it took a little convincing, but after a while, like we just kind of started, you know, mashing up a recipe at his house, me, him, and uh, our other founder, Tommy, who I've actually been friends with since kindergarten. Wow. Yeah, so the, so, so the founders group, uh, we've literally known each other, me and Tommy, 20 plus years, me and Dave, like 17 plus years. I think that's so. the coolest thing when you have that friend group, because that's like, you always want to work with your friends. Yeah, you do. And you guys figured out your own business and you're the heads of it. Like. Yeah, 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 it's really fun, man. I mean, um, I think that's, that's honestly one of the reasons we were able to kind of get so successful, especially in the pop-up stage, right? Because we didn't, like, we didn't have, I don't know if you know, so we don't have much going for us, right? So we worked on the recipe for like five months, kind of unemployed here and there besides Dave working at um, the restaurant. How many tries? Uh, Till t- we start, or how many like recipes? Oh, how many we rest- worked on it for months, like five, six months. I mean, we had nothing better to do. We'd go to Dave's house, uh, we'd cook some chicken, we'd eat it watch some documentaries about chicken, go try somebody else's chicken, come back, make some more chicken. And that was like a daily cycle for like five, six months. And I think what's funny, the reason we did that is because we had no money to start the restaurant anyway. So for us, it's like, well, this is all we can do is just work on a recipe, you know? But then there was a day where like it, you know, the recipe seemed really good. And we're like, well, we, we feel like we can improve it as much as this, at least for what we're going for. At the time, what were you going for? Were you going just for like one pop-up, let's try and make it work? No, actually. So when, like I said, when hot chicken was trending in LA, you couldn't, I mean, there was only a couple places to begin with, but you couldn't go anywhere without waiting in like a two hour line, two and a half hour line. And we kind of thought to ourselves, like, that's not really fair. The food is so good. People want to eat it. There's so much demand for it, yet the only places you can find it is in Nashville and Los Angeles right now. And we're like, well, what if we created a like a version of it that we can cook really fast, which is why we do tenders only. So we know no matter how many customers come in, we don't have to take 
a, a whole order. We know that it's either a slider or it's a tender and we can spice it the way we want and give it to them. This way we can serve really high quality fresh tomato food and not have people wait in our lines. And another thing we wanted to do is uh, we felt like, dude, this food is so good that why should it be in such small markets? Why should somebody in God, North Carolina not be able to have hot chicken because, you know, the people don't want to expand it. So the goal was always create something that's really flavorful, really good, really true to like what you want out of a chicken sandwich, but make it in a way that you can expand it and you won't have to mess with the quality in any way you know it's so cool that exactly what you said six seven years later you guys still have that same philosophy a little bit dude yeah because a lot of people you know they'll say something like oh my god you guys are killing it you guys just and we're like no dude we're, we're still working like you know what i mean we still have so i think right now we have 140 stores open incredible yeah but we have commitments for 780 that we've sold so if you look at that we're not even halfway there so for us it's like the work is just getting started we have to make sure that all of these stores open and everybody's happy with them and so there's still definitely work to do so we don't like to be like oh yeah we know we killed it and it's over and we're the best and it's definitely not you know it's, it's definitely a marathon and not a sprint coming up when you guys were selling in the parking lot space yeah what setbacks did you have if any and how'd you overcome them well, the first setback in general was how we even got there, right? So when we had the recipe done, we kind of all looked at each other and we're like, well, how much money do we have? You know, what, what, what can we put together to start something? You know, we called a few of our other friends and we're like, hey, we have this recipe. If, you know, you guys want to invest, we can get a food truck and be like, you know, five, six friends in a food truck. And everybody was kind of like, nah, you know, we don't, we don't want to do that. So in the end, me, Tom and Dave, and you know, we're like, okay, well, how much money do we have right now? And Dave's like, well, I just got my last $400 check. I was like, well, I have like 200 bucks. And then Tommy's like, well, I have like, I like, he's like, I have like four or 500, like I'll cover the rest, whatever it is. So we ended up with a budget of like 900 to a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? So we went and we bought literally some folding tables and stuff like that. And the day before, Tommy talked to a landlord that he knew that owned a parking lot and asked him if we could have one space uh, just to do like a little food cart type of thing. You know what I mean? So he gave us the space. We bought a few tables. We bought a fryer, like a little like, you know, tent. And we literally just opened up. We just post, hey, we're open. And the first day we made like $40. And it was my girlfriend at the time that came with her friends. And that's, <laughs> and that, that's literally like how it was. Um, so and then we started like. Well, the first thing we realized is like, one, one, this is going to be really hard to do in a parking lot. So we have to like really have a good system. So as we started to grow and as we started to get more popular, I mean, a lot of the challenges you face is obviously you're outdoors. You don't have refrigeration. You don't have electricity. You don't have so many of the comfort things you need in a restaurant. So you have to improvise all of that. You have to improvise how you're keeping your food cold. You have to improvise how you're keeping everything fresh and clean while you're cooking literally in a parking lot where there's cars going back and forth and parking. Um, making sure that, you know, we'd, we were three people. We'd see at our peak 400 people a night in this little pop-up. And we'd, you know, just making sure that every single person gets their food because we'd only have a certain amount of food. So you'd have to like make sure every tender was delegated to the right person. So there was definitely tons of challenge and cleaning up. I mean, dude, you literally have to clean up your rush. It's like having a restaurant and then having to clean it up every night, six days a week. And it just, it, it definitely like takes a toll on you after a while.
with that small circle just in that parking lot and you guys all knew each other kindergarten friendship uh -huh. did everyone kind of take on their own role based on what their strengths definitely, were definitely 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 we all kind of leaned on dave for you know anything culinary wise what we needed to know about the food how it needed to be cooked how it needed to be stored how it needed to be prepped and you know everything even though we were in a parking lot dave made sure well nothing can be on the ground everything has to be six inches it's a you know it's a kitchen rule and this and that so we depended on him for that i was um obviously my job was to make sure that i did the branding people knew the brand people you know knew the social media they kind of followed us they came in Tommy was very about the business. He was the one that secured the parking lot for us. Uh, and actually over time when we were ready to, cause you know, we did that parking lot for about six months, dude. Six days a week, six months, three people. Our day was wake up at 9 a.m., go buy all of our supplies, prep from nine till like three or four, drive to the pop-up, set up from four to like 6.37, open at seven, sell till midnight, shut everything down get home at 2 a.m do it again that's a massive commitment yeah and 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 what we understood was consistency is very key right like these the customers need to know that you're gonna be there six days a week you can't just wake up and be like well it's a pop-up i don't feel like going because your customer is going to show up you're not going to be there you're going to lose that customer because you don't have that consistency and they don't have that trust that oh they're there with us it's like we missed weddings and birthdays and customers and fans knew that Dude, they're there six days a week, rain or shine, wind, whatever. They're there. So that was really important to us to make sure that people knew that we were going to be there like every day. So, you know, it was, it was a lot of work, though, for sure. At that time, did you guys offer your infamous Reaper? Yeah, we did. As well? Pretty, pretty early on. We initially started with um, mild and hot. And uh, over time, Dave started, you know, working because he's very, dude, Dave is this episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app, and that it truly immersifies you in the language that you want to learn. Maybe you have an upcoming international trip or you want to connect with a family or a friend. I know a lot of people who want to learn a new language just to pick up a new hobby. I can personally attest to this as I used Rosetta Stone when I went to Italy for my honeymoon. It helped me brush up on the Italian that I learned back in school and I was able to get through the land and speak the native language. It made it so much more fun, plus my wife loved it. They're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. There's no English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language. Plus, there's lifetime membership and access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off that language learning. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Lightweight's podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language learning courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. It's the Joe Guarantee. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking we could pull one of the best autographs in the game. But guess what? With zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. What I love is the display of the available 
available cards, the hit rates, and the grading. Arena is a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying. And with Arena Club Slab Packs, they're revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash lightweights. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's $40 right there. Anyways, go to arenaclub.com slash lightweights for 10% off your first purchase. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Like all about his spices and, you know, so he started adding and subtracting and then he made himself a medium and then we had like a extra hot and then we eventually developed the Reaper. Were people asking for it? They were asking for it because <laughs> the tradition of Nashville hot chicken is, um, you know, it was... The story goes, uh, a jealous wife made it for his husband because he was cheating. So he, she put all these peppers in there. So when he ate it, it burned him up, right? But he actually ended up loving it so much, it became a thing. Wow. So the tradition of Nashville hot chicken is to be spicy. You know what I mean? So, and again, the way we thought about it is, well, we want to be more of a nationwide brand and not everybody loves spice. So the way we constructed it is between light, mild, and medium, it's very fast, casual, fast food spice. Once you start hitting the hot, extra hot, and reaper, it's like just spicy, spicy. It's not something you'd get from like a fast food restaurant. You know what I mean? Right. 1.8 million Scoville. Can you handle it? I definitely can't. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's fucked my stomach up. It's, dude, so when we were developing it, we used to have to eat it a lot. You know what I mean? Cause we oh, yeah. Get, you, have oh, you have to make taste it hotter. It. You got to make it hotter. I think that thing burned a hole in my stomach after months of eating it. So right now I'm at like a light mild and I can't go above like a light mild or a medium. You know what I mean? Totally. So my spice tolerance has crashed because of that Reaper. Oh, it's kind of wild. Yeah. So you mentioned that you guys were constantly at that parking lot. You yeah. missed so many big events. What other strategies or tactics did you use to build that loyal fan base? Because your social media has a cult following. You guys post yeah. a piece of chicken get yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of yeah, likes, yeah, comments, yeah, yeah. tags, everyone, we have to go try this. Let's go yeah, drive. Yeah, People yeah. driving from all over the country to come try it. Definitely. How did you, being the marketer, yeah. figure out how to grow that cult following? Um, initially, I, I, I had a couple uh, different strategies. One of them was um, a writer from Eater LA named Farley Elliott. So when we were developing our recipe and we were checking out all these different chicken places, Anytime Farley from Eater LA would release an article, we take it very seriously because we trusted his view. But what we realized is once you get there, it was packed. People would just go try it out. So one of the things I thought to myself is, well, one of the first things, because obviously there's a lot of influencers, right? But I felt like as far as food influencers go, at the top of that pyramid has to be one of the main writers for Eater LA, which is Farley, right? So I figured if we can get his attention very, very early on and we can get him to come in and try the food and write whatever kind of article about it. Good or bad. Good or bad. Well, hopefully good. You know, hopefully hopefully yeah. good. But yeah. But then that'll kind of like lead down to the pyramid of all the other influencers that are like, oh, well, if Farley tried it, I want to try it and I want to try it. So 
early on we had a lot of I'd, I'd go on his Instagram and like a bunch of his pictures and I you know I just tag to LA everywhere and then sure enough dude he hit us up and he's like yo he's like I hear you guys are doing something in this area you know what I mean in East Hollywood and he's like uh, I'd love to come check it out and we knew exactly so we're like yeah please come by and I'll never forget, dude, he came and he had no idea it was a pop-up. He came and he looked and it was like a tent and three of us in the middle of the night, like one fryer. And at that time, our fryer was super, it made like five orders every 15 minutes. Like that's how small it was. And he was like, dude, what the f-? he's like, what is this? Like, he's like, this is, this is it. He's like, what do you, why, why this? So we kind of just explained to him how much we love chicken, how much we love our food and we want to give it to people. And we didn't have the means to do it any other way. So we did it like this. So he's like, all right, let me try the food. And he tried it. And um, what's interesting is like, he wasn't like, oh my God, this is amazing. He was like, wow, he ate it. And he asked us some questions. And then he just went home. And then the next morning we wake up and I'm with Dave and Tommy. And we're like, dude, what are the chances that he might've wrote an article about us? You know, like what, what if we just check it out? Dude, we checked Google and the headline said, East Hollywood's late night chicken stand will blow your mind. And the stuff he wrote in there, it's, it's like we couldn't have, you couldn't have paid somebody to write a better art. The love, he was like, he's like just bootstrapping they're doing and this and that and make sure you get there. And that in itself was like an accomplishment to us. But then we get to our pop-up that day, dude, and there's literally like 75 people standing in line waiting. And like I said, we have a fryer that makes four to five orders every 20 minutes. So you can imagine like how hectic that day was. But we were blown away because that was our fourth, fifth day in business you're making $50, $70 and you're happy with it and you show up and there's 90 people in line. And then that at that point, another thing for, with marketing that I'd always tell Dave and Tom is like, it's easy to get people to come in. It's not hard to market something and get people to come in and try it. The main thing is when we, we deliver when they come in. You deliver on hospitality. You deliver on the food. You deliver on if the customer doesn't have a good experience or a good meal, replace it, do something. You know what I mean? You you can get the customer to come in. It's keeping them. That's the hard part. So for us, it was like, yeah, we can bring them in, but we keep them when they're here. We give them love when they're here. So they come back. So that was a lot of the strategy. And then it worked perfectly because all the other influencers after Farley slowly started to just kind of come in and then the following builds and more people come in, you make sure they love the food and it just kind of becomes a snowball effect from there. It's so cool that you have that philosophy because I truly believe that with businesses, it's from the top down. And I've been to so many different Dave's Hot Chickens all over. Yeah. And they all have that same type of philosophy to make sure that the customer is happy. Yeah, dude. Because it's about the customer, dude. I mean, if every customer stopped coming in, it doesn't matter how cool you are. It doesn't matter how fast you grew. It doesn't. If they stop coming in, it, that's your bread and butter is the people. And who do you really even do? What are you making the food for anyway? You're not making it just to bl- You're making it so people could eat it and love it. And then you're hoping that that takes you where you want to go. But the, you know, I always tell them like, if you're a basketball player, you don't worry about how you come out there dressed and your tattoos and your knee pads. You worry about how you play. So as a restaurant, we don't need to focus on like how cool can we be and how hip can we be and how, no, just focus on how good is our food, and the better the food, the cooler you'll be in people's eyes because you'll be delivering on the promise that you tell them, right? Yeah. So for me, it was it was a lot of that, you know. When, when you saw those 70, 100 people waiting for you guys after that Eater article, uh-huh. did something kind of come over you thinking we're doing something right? Definitely, dude. And our and our dads were there, too, and they all looked at us, and they were like, yeah, oh, my God. And they were at, and even us, we were like, we, I mean, we were nervous because we'd never seen that many people waiting, and, and 
we didn't know if we can get all of them orders and but it's then we realized that if we got Farley to come in and love the food so much that he had to write that kind of article and the next day this many people trusted it and came back and everybody's giving us love and everybody's enjoying the food it's like you, we're like unless we fuck it up unless we just get in our heads and we're like well yeah let's just milk this I'm like we can't fuck it up if we stay focused if we keep the same mindset about the food, the people, and expanding the right way and having good operations so the consistency stays good throughout all the stores, there's no reason we shouldn't maintain all these customers. There's no reason they shouldn't come back. Right. You know? Fast forward that nine months, you guys open up your first store. Yeah. How thrilled were you to get out of that parking lot? Oh, dude, extremely thrilled. Because we started in May, and towards the end of it, we were in, like, December, and it was freezing. Like there are stories we tell where there was nights that it was so cold when we were cleaning up that each of us got to take 10 minute breaks inside the van to heat up and then we'd come back out and then the other person would heat up and because it was freezing and we had to like clean up. So we were ready to get out of there. But I mean, we had only saved up enough money. Like, you know, we had saved up a certain amount to buy a location. Uh, And then that's when Tommy's older brother, Gary, came in, who, again, we've known obviously since kindergarten. And uh, he was obviously a little older than us. He was a little more experienced in business. So he said, well, he's like, I can offer to, you know, invest with you guys and help you guys open up your first store and partner up with you guys. And so that was kind of perfect because, um, like I said, he was kind of like that mature person we needed in the group. And he brought the funding we needed to open our first store. So we just, you know, we brought him along. And, you know, he was an honorary founder anyway because he was Tommy's brother. So we started looking for our first store and we found one. Um, we found a couple spots that we almost signed off on that were terrible because we were just so desperate to get out of that parking lot, right? Because you're like, dude, it can't be worse than being in a parking lot. But uh, our Western location kind of popped up out of nowhere like last second and we all visited and we're like, wow, this feels great. This kind of feels like what our first store should be. It's close by our pop-up. And then we just like took it and we bought it and renovated it up and just started i think we opened january 1st when you guys were renovating it did you keep in mind what if we want to blow this up into many locations do we want to fit the same theme does it still have the same theme yeah we thought we thought of all of that we definitely thought um we don't want to we don't want a cookie cutter brand we don't want to have these like white walls and we don't want every store to look exactly the same but we want them to have a similar theme so we brought in our friend Splatterhouse that we'd been clo- friends with for a long time, great artists. And we kind of discussed it an initial design for the first store that we could use on every other store, which was you leave a few walls white so it's not claustrophobic. You pick a couple main walls that you do art on. Then you have kind of like your filler art and whatever, you know, if you're opening up in. So, for instance, we op- uh, one of our locations opened up where um, they do like a lot of IndyCar racing. And the the franchisee literally paid $40,000 for almost a scale indie card to put inside the store. So every store that's nearby something that's kind of historic, we'll make sure we incorporate that into the design. So that way it's like every Dave's kind of has the same feeling, but everybody has their own unique store. And even as a franchisee, it's, it's amazing for them because they have, you know, they're like, oh, what's your store look like? Oh, what's your store? Oh, I got this one in mind. Oh, next thing I'm going to do this and this. So it becomes really fun for them. And it's cool for the customer, I believe, also, because you walk in and you get to see artwork and, you know, you, you're you not just looking at white walls. So it's, it's, it's more of like a cool vibe. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. With being in Los Angeles now, you open up your first flagship. What kind of celebrities ha- had tried the chicken? Who endorsed it? Who was excited about it? Who really believed in you guys? 
Uh, dude, honestly, tons, man. Like when we were in the parking lot, like all kinds of slip. Like, and sometimes we wouldn't even know it. Like another customer, like, did you know who that was? And do you know who that was? Because we were like so in the zone. Um, we obviously Drake is one of our investors in the company. Um, really early on, he tried the food. And uh, he kind of like invested early on and like as a little bit of a spokesperson also for the brand. Samuel L. Jackson is one of the investors of the brand. Um, the owner of the Red Sox, the chairman of the Red Sox, one of the investors. So those guys actually loved it enough to invest. But as far as I mean, it the thing about here's what I always tell our employees. Also, I'm like when somebody comes in that's famous, let's say, and you like them it's not okay to go take pictures with them or it's not okay to do that because what you're going to do is you're going to cause like a chain ball effect where then now customers are going to want to take a picture with them and him. And I'm like, think about it. He's hungry. He's here to get food. So he's probably not in the best mood. So the last thing he probably wants to do is stand there and take pictures with everybody while somebody's making his food. He's not going to feel comfortable coming back to that store. I'm like, you need to treat every customer the same, just with a lot of respect, a lot of love, regardless if they're, you know, the most famous person in the world or just a regular customer. But you shouldn't make them feel uncomfortable by like, hey, I, I want to take a picture with you. You know what I mean? Because not everybody enjoys that and not everybody wants to be put on blast in the stores. But uh, because I remember one time at Fairfax, they had this holding. We're like, Armand, guess what we're doing? I'm like, what? Like, we're taking a picture with every celebrity that comes in. I was like, oh, I'm like, please don't. I'm like, please, guys. It's like, we're going to make a wall. And I was like, don't. Just I'm like, don't. I'm like, we're not like a 1990s pizzeria. We don't need pictures of all the celebrities that came in on our walls, you know? So, but dude, like, I mean, you'll see people like Jessica Alba is a really good friend of ours, a really big fan. And I mean, sometimes I'll go through the Instagram and I'll, and I'll see some of the people that tagged it and I'll, I'm like blown away because they're people that I grew up knowing my whole lives. And like, so there's definitely a lot of, lot of celebrity people that love the food, which is crazy. With you being that high up in the company, exactly that, how do you keep your message throughout the 700 possible locations coming out? Yeah. You don't go to every single one. No. Does that bleed through? Do you have like franchisee meetings where you? There's so we have like a really big team, right? So after um, Dave's Western, uh, we met um, uh, Bill Phelps and John Davis, who are these you know they're really big restaurateurs. John Davis actually a movie producer also. They loved the concept and they kind of came in. They met us and before that we had tons of people approaching us anyway to expand the brand. You know, but with these guys, we felt a really good vibe with them. It was very friendly. It was very jokey. And they were very experienced. So we, over the course of time, partnered up with them. And a lot of the help of how the stores run so well and how the food stays so consistent is really the team, right? The people that Bill and John brought in, like, you know, Jim and Juan and our presidents and the operations and the training teams. You know, they're literally like, you might open eight stores in one week. And obviously, you have to go train all eight stores. So for us, it's impossible. But the team that we've put together over time, you have like a training group of like 100 people and 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. They're going everywhere and they're training and they know the manuals and stuff. And and it's it's literally impossible to do without a really good team. Like How do you handle that bad egg, though, that somehow comes in? We have very few, if any, bad eggs, dude. So the vetting process for Dave's Hot Chicken is very strict because usually a company that's as successful as Dave's, even branding-wise, usually won't franchise out. They'll just open their own stores and they'll do their own expansion. Um, for us, because that was the idea we had anyway, and we're always the kind of people that are like, well, we'd rather share it and make it bigger than keep it to ourselves and just grow slow. Um, so we 
every franchisee goes through a vetting process first of all with like our corporate team which is bill john everybody and they're the ones that'll grill him with all the like professional stuff or what have you done what do you do and then they'll meet with the founders and we're more chill and we're just like yeah what do you do for fun dude and like what do you like what movies are you into and we'll kind of judge them like that so you, you get this usually the franchisees that will make it through were smart enough to get through the corporate interview and then uh, down to earth enough to get through the interview with the founders and we'll you know we don't franchise to anybody that's not a multi-unit owner anyway so they need to have at least 10 stores that they're operating currently to even qualify of other businesses uh, restaurants not even oh. other businesses so because dude you'd be like people would come in and they're like well yeah i have 90 dunkin donuts and i have 20 sonics and, this. and you're like well yeah you can definitely run a dig's but now let me see what your personality is like let me see how i vibe with you because we have to work together for the next 20 god knows how many years right so you could be a great operator but if you know we don't have that good chemistry it's not going to work which has actually led to like the company and the franchise i mean i haven't been a part of many franchise companies obviously but the energy i feel between all of our franchisees the corporate team and the founders it's like just a vibe like everybody's just like friends everybody's just happy and I always ask them, I'm like, is it like this at your other concepts? And they're like, dude, not even close. Like, it's not. It's just, it's nothing like this. You know, because everybody's really on the same page. Everybody's on the same mindset. Everybody loves the brand and they just want to help the brand grow. So, it, you know, it works out pretty well. That's so cool. Yeah, it's dope, man. We, you know, like I said, there's usually one or two. They're not bad eggs, but they'll be people like, like, well, I don't want to pay for too much artwork. And, you know, well, I don't want to do this. And you have to kind of be like, look, dude, it's part of the brand. Like, it's part of the experience. Like, you can't just not have artwork in your store, right? You can't be the one Dave's that doesn't have artwork or, you know. So there'll be things like that. But they're usually very understanding as to why we do things the way we do them. How do you handle and adapt to evolving food trends? I know recently you guys just started offering cauliflower yeah that was for- my idea oh yeah <laughs> it's delicious you know i used to be so against it too dude like i've i i was i'm a really big fan of in and out and my motto had always been don't change anything on the menu leave it the way it is serve what you serve in a really good way i was gonna ask if that's if in and out inspired your only chicken tenders oh yeah it was a big part of the inspiration for sure another part of it was because we love chicken we realized i mean there's only really two ways to eat chicken right you eat it with your hands and you dip it in stuff or you eat it in a sandwich and with a tender you can kind of do both so we're like well it's perfect it cooks in six minutes you can eat it by hand you can eat it in a sandwich uh, it's a it's it's the breast it's a great tasting part of the chicken everybody loves tenders there's not too many people that don't love tenders so there was a lot of that thought process into it but also definitely the fact that because in and out only serves one thing they're able to make it perfect every time so we felt if we only had one thing to make then we can make it as perfect as possible every time so totally that was like a little bit of a thought process but plus tenders are my favorite so I was mine like, too dave wanted to do thighs i was like man ah wings know, no thighs wings come on man no 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 we definitely wouldn't be doing this podcast right now <laughs> i tell you that you made my fiance so happy with the cauliflower because she got the flu shot and she became allergic to chicken Really? So she can't have any poultry. She can't have eggs. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. That's wild, dude. The doctors think that there was too much of something in the yeah. shot. So when she saw that you guys announced that, she was finally able to have that Dave's That's again. That's perfect. That's perfect. You, yeah. Dude, I hope not too many people are getting flu shops that stop them from eating chicken, dude. That <laughs> business would be bad, dude. People don't get flu shots. <laughs> Toughen out your immune systems now. Now, the, the cauliflower is, I mean, people always 
we because dude when we developed the recipe we developed it um with dave's uh a roommate john who was a, a vegetarian and he didn't eat any chicken and he always just he always was dying to try it right but he doesn't eat it so especially when we introduced that he was like oh my god because we're like look because the way i thought about it is like it's not really going away from your core product necessarily it's offering a version of it that tastes very similar the texture is very similar and it's a cauliflower. A lot of people, you know, do these beyond meat and this and that. And you still don't know how many ingredients are in that really, right? You don't know what really goes into that. You know what goes into a cauliflower. It's cauliflower. Even from with my food videos, I learned that a lot of people who can't have the food or don't want to have the food still watch the videos because they want to yeah. see what it looks like. They want to see how other dude. people react to it. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I was dealing with um, uh, I, I got food poisoning when I was in Toronto <laughs> and I couldn't eat for like a, a day or two. And all I was doing was watching Dave's Hot Chicken videos. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, and I knew I couldn't have any because it would, like, mess me up. But I was like, dude, this is – and I can see why people do that because pe the way people eat it in these videos, you're just like, Jesus. I'm like, just give me a Dave sandwich right now, dude. Yeah. So, you know, we love that. We definitely lean into that. We love the authentic – you know, we – I have this thing where I'm like, we should – you know, I love giving influencers a lot of love. I'm like, but we shouldn't pay them to make the video saying they love Dave's because it's very unauthentic. And I think any regular person that uses social media can look at a post and hear the way somebody's talking about the food and can immediately tell, oh, this is branded, this was paid for. Versus the majority of our stuff are literally just people buying it, eating it, and then tagging us. You know what I mean? So it's it's really cool, man. It's kind of flattering like how, how much people really like the food. It's so, so cool. Yeah, it's dope, dude. It's, it's that cold following. Yeah, it's, it is, man. It's it's the cold following. Everyone, you know, all these companies, you know, you look at them, they try to build it, but I think they kind of go about it the wrong way because they're they're trying to they're, they're trying to build a cult following. Whereas I feel like with Dave's, like I said first, like well, focus on the food. If the food is good, they're gonna love you, dude. Because that's what that's the game you're in. If you're a basketball player, like I said, if you're a basketball player and you suck, no one's gonna like you. If you're good, everyone's gonna like you regardless of how you look, dress, whatever you're wearing. Same with food. You could have all the artwork in the world. You could have all the celebrity endorsers in the world. You could have Drake screaming at the top of his lungs, get Dave's. But if somebody comes in, they try the food and it's not good, they're not going to come back. They don't care who's endorsing it. They're not going to think you're cool. They're going to look around and be like, this artwork sucks, dude. But if they love the food, they look around they're like, oh, my God, look at this artwork. It's so cool. So it just all goes back to the food. And I feel like a lot of other companies, they just they don't focus on it. To them, it's all about everything else. Oh, what's what, what's this? What's the unit? It's like, dude, you're a restaurant, dude. Like, your job is to serve good food. Like, why are you worrying about all of these other aspects, you know? So I, I feel like that's also kind of, like, kept us going also. Totally. I mean, the rest, the food is incredible, but the restaurant concept, too, is, like, I want to take you to a Dave's Hot Chicken. I want you to see it. It's fun. Yeah, right? It's cool. It's an experience. And the cool thing is, like I said, each one is different. So it's not like once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Like, there's literally every Dave's Hot Chicken in every state and every – and we're in Dubai now, too, in Qatar. Wow. And we're in Toronto. Yeah. And you go to those stores and they're, every store just looks – all the artwork is different. Everybody has a different theme. And we have this uh, recurring theme in every store where we do a rubber chicken Dave as a different character. So in some stores, it's like a Tupac Dave. And it's like a Biggie Dave and then like Star Wars Dave. So my dream was that always like when people kind of like realize that, that it would be this thing to visit all these different stores and see like, oh, what artwork does this one have? And what do they have here? And, you know, so it definitely ties into the brand also. Has anyone ever passed out from the the Reaper Dave's Hot Chicken? Oh yeah, dude. Actually, 
Actually, the Reaper now is nowhere as spicy as it used to be. You had, did it, you ever have to sign a waiver? You did have to sign a waiver. What happened is this couple came in one time, and uh, the the girl got ex- uh, the girl got Reaper, and the guy got extra hot, and the girl signed the waiver, and I guess they had switched their food. Yeah, food got switched. So the guy ate the Reaper, and. Our manager was like his first week. So he came and he's like, are you okay? Do you want me to call an ambulance? And this guy was like, yeah, I need an ambulance. So they called an ambulance for this guy. They took him and then we had to pay his entire hospital bill and all this stuff. So we kind of had a meeting and we're like, dude, we're expanding really fast. Uh, you know, there's, there's definitely going to be some more situations like this. And if we have to pay out everybody that goes to the emergency room, it's not going to be cool. So we like mutually decided to dull down the the Reaper just a little bit because it, it it used to be really bad. Did like, you have milk on hand? We did have milk on hand. Just the manager, <laughs> I'm telling the manager was new. So if it was an experienced manager, he would have came and he's like, "Look, dude, you're gonna be fine. It's just spice. Let me give you some milk. Let me give you some water. You're just gonna come." But the manager panicked. He's like, "Oh, he's like, do you want an ambulance?" And of course I want. I'm gonna, of course, give me an ambulance, dude. Pay for it too, dog. <laughs> Uh, so we, we had to, you know, we had to tone it down a little bit after that. It's great. So, you know, you got to think about the expansion, dude. You know, some, you know, you have so many stores in so many different States. And if once a week you're getting a call from a franchisee that somebody's in the hospital for Reaper, you know, (laughs) you can go bankrupt pretty soon, dude. One final story. Can you just explain to me how the Drake deal went down? Uh, yeah. So, um, at the time, I mean, when we first started the company, we we had a little small pool uh, percentage that we obviously like, you know, sold to different investors. And um, one of our really higher up investors, he, he kind of, you know, he's like, is there any way to get more? Is there any way to get more? And at the time, we were kind of looking for like a celebrity endorser, somebody that can come into the brand and, you know, you know, be a little bit of like, you know, the spokesperson of it. What level of celebrity were you aiming for? Um, I, dude, <laughs> I, for me, like I didn't, you know, John and Bill had that like strategy and they'd used it before and it works really well, right? It's, it's, it's cool to bring in somebody that loves the brand as a celebrity that's going to vouch for the brand because they're a fan of it, right? So, um, you know, they suggested and I was down for anybody, dude. I mean, I think we considered Kevin Hart at one point and then like it didn't work out and I was sad because I love Kevin Hart. And then uh, I think the guy said Bon Jovi and I was like, I don't think... I love I was like I love Bon Jovi, but I don't think he's the best fit yeah. for the brand. And then he was like, "Well, I can get Drake," and we're like, "Well, <laughs> like maybe." But we like, have no, a meeting. Yeah, we're like, "Well, if you can get, we're like, if you know, if like that's a pretty per- perfect fit for the company." You know what I mean? We're like, "That's a guy, you know, that's a person that's kind of at our, you know, creative level, our demographic. It's all the same people love him that love Dave's." So, so we're like, we'd mess with that. So we started talking to him a little bit, and I remember. Um, we sent uh he was in LA recording and we we, had, we only had one store that time and we sent some food over to his studio and i think they and then they kind of called back and they're like yeah let's you know let's do it. we want to be a part of the company so and they're cool as hell man i mean they're they're obviously busy and they do their own thing but every every time we need them to do something they're posting it um last year on drake's birthday we literally gave away free sliders to anybody that came in the store i think we gave around like Sixty thousand, a bunch of sliders out. Every yeah. location, yeah, every nationwide location on Drake's birthday, people went got to go in and get a free slider. Incredible, yeah. So we do things like that. We'll probably do it again this year, you know. So, uh, and that's yeah, that's how he came uh, on board. He, lo- he you know heard about the brand, he loved the food, and kind of jumped on. Do you know his birthday? Because I need to write it down. Fuck, I don't know his birthday. Okay, <laughs> I'll find I'm it. gonna guess October. <laughs> 
it's sometime October is very own. I'm guessing it's sometime in October, you know? Yeah. So awesome. Well, Arlen, thanks so much for coming on. Dude, are you kidding? Of course, man. It's been my pleasure, man. So it's great seeing you. Talk. Yeah. Thank you very much. Where? So Dave's Hot Chicken locations all over the West Coast. Yes. Qatar, Dubai. Yes. East Coast. Yeah, we have uh, New York. We have, um, I think in Maine, we have, um, we've got a ton, dude. We I, like I, I kind of lost count of, of like the different states we're in, but we're definitely, definitely on the East Coast. We're also in uh, Illinois. We're in, we're in Orlando. We're 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 out there, man. We're all around. We're all around the the states, which is pretty cool. So if you're listening from anywhere, I'm sure there's a Dave's Hot Chicken near you. And if not, then there'll definitely be one coming soon. Go try it. If you haven't had it, you're please, missing out. Please go try it. Awesome. Thanks, Arma. Dude, thank you, man. This was great. All right. Lightweights, out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.